Welcome back to the Apex of Man podcast. Today we have a very interesting episode. We're going to discuss one book, one movie, and one game that has impacted us in our lives, or maybe more recently. And we have a very special guest, Javier Mesquita, a very old-time friend. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, how you guys doing? Uh, my name, like Diego said, is Javier Mesquita. I am a chemistry student, third year in La Universidad Navarra. And uh, yeah, I'm just really happy to be here. Yeah, one of the biggest nerds we know, so I think <laughs> he has a bit of authority in terms of the video games and the movies, a, a very learned man. So we, we really wanted to kind of discuss about these things because at least Arsh and myself, we kind of look to not only to movies, but also to books and video games to to, to learn more about ourselves, to, to develop these values and and start improving our lives. And so sometimes, man, you, you're playing a crazy video game and, and you connect with someone else, you're playing multiplayer, and then bro, you, you, you create community, you create relationships, or, or there's a particularly like impactful philosophical discussion in a video game or a movie or a book. And, and all those things we think are valuable and, and hopefully you can resonate with them. And, and also, you know, tell us in the comments, I don't know if this podcast thing has comment section, but <laughs> leave us a comment or what had a book, movie or game has impacted you as well. So Arsh, you want to start us off? Well, I think first what I want to say is that the reason we picked these three forms of media is I think for our generation, or at least the people who we're trying to talk to, it, it forms the foundation of the society. It forms a common ground, things where communities are made through, things everyone knows about and everyone can talk about. So, and hopefully as well, everyone can resonate with, which is why we hope to get some really good answers, which are fairly personal. Because when you ask someone what is some, a, a movie that has impacted you a lot, first of all, a movie is just a screen. It's got to really impact your life unless you let it. So I feel like that makes it a very personal question almost. Mm-hmm. So from, on that, how about we move on to some viewer submitted answers? Because we did also ask you guys on Instagram, Apex of Man, that what are your favorite or the book, movies or games that have impacted your life the most? So going through that, we had one from C. Gutierrez. Okay, she no. sent in. Yeah, what she sent in, Arsh? Um, she sent in Steve Jobs' bio. Okay, did she, was there like any explanation? Because I know that bio, at least you know, I've I've read it, and it's it's pretty interesting to understand kind of the life behind the that myth of a man. Yeah. Like he almost she... became a like a religious figure after he died. It's very interesting. <laughs> She didn't, but I think we can all assume why, because like learning about that life, there's definitely takeaways you can yeah. like, do to improve your own. Mm-hmm. So that was a very interesting first choice, because like a lot of people would, I don't know, have, I, I feel like there would be answers in common. But I feel like that came out of nowhere, which is why that was a great thing to mention. Mm. And what are the other things that they sent in then? Uh, we had from Amin underscore Balalu Naruto. Which I think is a great answer. He, the reasoning he put is because it taught him about friendship. And mm-hmm. as a, a, I believe the reason for that was that show came out at a point where people of our generation, we were growing up, we were like 8, 9, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. And that, I think the lifespan of that show was like 10 years or so. So it grew wow. up with us. So I feel like should any show like that that is that long lasting throughout our childhood, we would resonate with and we would definitely pick up things from and again, people who are going back to Naruto now, I know it's big on Netflix. Keep an eye out for that. Maybe it'll teach you a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, I, like I haven't seen it. I I know one of my cousins once had a video game. I don't know how that links to friendship, but that's really interesting. I have no idea about this. Maybe I'll I'll check it out if I have some time. Mm. No, I have some friends who've watched it as well, and they they resonate with uh with what Arsh said. It's one of 
it, it came at an age where we were most impressionable. You know, we were very young, and they like like Arsh said, they grew up with the whole thing, and they have a very soft, very deep connection to to the to the series. And like you mentioned, there <clears throat> there are video games. I remember playing with Arsh <laughs> some of the video games. They I don't I don't think they resonated with friendship, but um, yeah, no, it's an interesting choice. It's definitely a big community, and I think that's yeah. the aspect we will find in a lot of these answers. They just build community. That's what mm-hmm. these medias do: bring people together. Mm-hmm. An other answer was uh, anonymously submitted. It was Harry Potter, and the reasoning for this, and the reason I picked this one, it may seem basic at first, and it probably is. But the thing is, there's a common foundation we can all agree with, because the reasoning was Harry Potter got me into reading. And I don't know if that's true yeah. for you guys, but that's definitely true for me. Harry Potter did get me into reading. So we're not saying yeah. whether the media itself changed my, changed our life or anything, but what it did to us to introduce us to another form of media, which people don't tend to like use as often as I think movies or games, which is also very important. So I think Harry Potter have a soft spot in everyone's heart who is like older than, I don't know, well, younger than like 30. Absolutely. Yeah, we guys... like Harry Potter. At least in, in my experience, I had never read the books. Uh, I read like the Philosopher's Stone maybe when I was 10 or 11, something like that. And well, I watched all the movies. I thought the movies, I really enjoyed the movies. And and then only recently this year, I I read the the seven of them. And man, it was just an absolutely like transformative experience. It's so like the it, it's philosophically really really deep. And if you start analyzing kind of the the entire structure of the books, it's really interesting. And I don't know, Jordan Peterson talks a lot about like analyzing and breaking down Harry Potter. And it's just like, for example, like the the story of St. George and the dragon, where he goes and slays the dragon before it comes and attacks the his city. Right? It's, it's the same thing that Harry does when in the second movie in the Chamber of Secrets, when he goes down into the Chamber of Secrets and saves Ginny uh, and, and kills the dragon, the basilisk. And all of these things are really interrelated. There's kind of religious motifs, uh, philosophical motifs. And if you kind of start to understand that, you know, a little bit older, because when you're young, ma- many of these things, you don't see them. It's the same thing as when, when you're looking at a, at a Disney movie, for example. Disney movies are like built on so many different textures that when you're getting older, you understand more things. Uh, and man, like if, if you haven't read the Harry Potter books, I really, really suggest you get them down. If you, if you don't read that much, get them on Audible. It's also fantastic. Stephen Fry is, is the narrator for the books, and he's just, it's absolutely incredible. I 100% recommend Mm. My experience, I, I think. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead, Harry. My experience with Harry Potter essentially, uh, it's not. I, I read them when I was around twelve, so I didn't go in much into the philosophical aspect of it. But I can re- really um, resonate with uh, with the anonymous the anonymous entry because it really built a world around the people and the magic, and you just for for the reader to completely dive into it. Now, there's so many nooks and crannies and every single detail that has a tad bit of importance that really draws the reader into the story and into this world. It really creates a world where someone can be truly submerged into. So I believe it's a great entry level, um, entry level, I don't know, piece to get into reading. It, uh, I, find, I find it great. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, as Diego said, it's just a collection of archetypal stories with the new generation's flavor, basically. It's mm. the story we've heard before, but with our take, or like the, this what this generation's, I don't know, say qualities, like poured into it, basically, which is why a lot of people can resonate with it. 
Yeah, that's powerful. Moving on, I like that. Moving on to another answer. This is the first user who submitted an entry for all three of the categories. This is Alma underscore Ruiz. For movie, very interesting um, pick. It was Tangled. Have you guys seen Tangled? Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the recent, uh, that's the the one of Rapunzel, no? That's yeah. the one, yeah. With yeah. the saucepan and the, the dude that hits the, dude the, the saucepan. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. The reasoning was interesting. It was... Um, it, how, how was it? it? It was a relatable story about when people feel trapped and they want to seek freedom. Hmm. And I think that's definitely true in the movie. It's the whole premise of it is Tangled leaving her tower for the first hmm. time to find her life of her own. And I feel like a lot of people would feel that way, especially hyper anxious people who feel trapped in their own mind. That's being a metaphor for the tower. And what I like when researching this, I found that there is actually a massive community for Tangled. It's weird. Really? That movie really hit a lot of people in the right places. And I think that's, as you said, that's the... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, especially right now. No, it's it's not only kind of a mental block, but man, we've been like locked down for a year. It's also a physical kind of closing in on the tower. It's yeah, it's interesting. It's and also kind of that, that fight against perhaps if you're dealing with, you know, overbearing parents right now or or an overbearing figure of authority and you're trying to break free from that, that's, I, I can see how people resonate with that. I think it has some, man, just pick up your things and get going. Yeah. There's a lot exactly. of relevant themes in the in the movie that, yeah, just pop out nowadays. I, I, I really hadn't thought about it, what, what, what Diego just mentioned, about how right now with the whole lockdown situation, there's also a physical, not only a mental barrier. It's nice, it's nice. But, um, in contrast to what Diego said, I wouldn't recommend just skipping quarantine and just uh, missing curfew. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you've done it, my friend. <laughs> I have, and I don't recommend it. That's what I'm saying. Very well. But yeah, so I thought that was a really good entry. And I think, like yeah, yeah. Diego said, Disney movies are a place to find like astounding enlightenment sometimes, especially which is why it's a great thing they're exposed to kids so often. Because mm -hmm. even if they don't know it, they are resonating with really deep philosophical ideas, which hopefully mm -hmm. they will carry on when they get older. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the entry for her the most impactful video game was Just Dance. Oh. oh. <laughs> yes. I mean, let's be real. That game was huge. Mm -hmm. It's still huge. Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's still huge. huge yeah. I, I think that was one of the few games that crossed the generational barrier when it came to video games. Because you, you'll see parents, you'll see grandparents, if they still have their hips, everyone playing <laughs> Just Dance with their family. Mm. So yeah, yeah. I think that's a pretty big answer. I, I definitely, man, I remember this, at least for Arshan and myself, uh, we would get together with, with two other friends, and man, we would spend nights uh, dancing to Just, I think it was Just Dance 2014, something like that, and bro, YMCA, we have that choreography just completely set nailed dusted we i think we broke records it was just dude like absolutely outstanding ghostbusters what was the other one the with the boogie the michael jackson one don't blame it on the boogie oh man like if if you want a good time with some friends just pop that in and you'll you'll laugh and just get your family in there as well. It's such a good bonding experience, especially now that, man, I think people are getting kind of tired of just being stuck with their family, doing the same type of things. People are just, you know, it's getting a little old, a little stay, a little monotonous. If you are, if you have the ability to get Just Dance and then just pop it in, man, 100%, that's going to improve your relationships a lot. 
Absolutely. I don't even think like you you have to have a console to play Just Dance. Like you can find most, if not all, the tracks on YouTube. Just pop it into your TV and just jam with it. That's what I did, and I found it's a good form of exercise. One day, oh yeah, definitely. I was, some, I was with some friends. We we're gonna go to the gym. We we're just like, ah, it was late. It was raining. Can't be bothered. Just pop Just Dance into the TV. Do the um, I think it was the Rasputin one. Just <laughs> bawling out. It's great. I have a lot of fun with that. And yeah, it's a very family drawing. It, it draws you to uh, your close ones. I have a lot of fond memories dancing on Just Dance on my my cousin's TV with even my dad. You guys, you guys know my dad. Imagine my dad dancing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A thing about this game as well is that it brought people to the idea of video games at least, because it is not a difficult game to learn. You just no. move. You do what the guy on the screen is doing. It's as easy yeah. as it comes when it comes to the world of video games. So I think that's why it was big. The widespread appeal the cross-generational appeal as well mm-hmm. and the fact that everyone could do it more or less because as you said it's on your phone now like i've done the same thing as you literally i have put rasputin on youtube and we've done it as a flat mm-hmm. so that's definitely true yeah it's good fun and the final entry for the book section for this um viewer was screw tape letters by c.s lewis yep i mean uh, have that's... you read it I, no. I haven't i haven't read c.s lewis i have a uh, mere christianity here uh, back there, I, of course, this is on audio. It's it's in my library, but it's it's a book that really impacted me. I know it's C.S. Lewis. There's actually a pretty funny anecdote. He he used to be a pretty atheistic, uh, pretty kind of a scientific materialist, uh, you know, kind of new age thinker for a long time. And you know, his life wasn't going so well. Uh, his relationships weren't were tracking the way he wanted them to track. Professionally, he wasn't doing that well. He he started out as an author. I think he he wrote in newspapers or something like that, and he he wasn't having a lot of success. And then one one day he sat down with one of his friends, uh, another a fellow author, and they started you know talking. This this friend was a little more religious. He was a Christian. Uh, you know these you know the, the Bible and the the old stories were impactful in his life, and that's that's how he decided to to kind of lead his life. And he told him, look. Uh, CS, I don't know what his name is. So sit down, let's <laughs> let's have a talk. Um, now, look, you see, all of these things. May, perhaps you don't have to take them all literally. I know some things in the Bible are hard to believe literally, but maybe they're not meant to be taken literally. And but it, it, they still hold a lot of wisdom. It's one of the foundational books of our civilization. And and he started kind of pushing this idea into CS Lewis. And and he started changing, and and that friend was actually J.R.R. Tolkien, the the author of the the Lord of the Rings and the the Hobbit saga, and it's 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 really interesting to kind of understand that understand that story. You read *Mere Christianity*; it's kind of his his development of his initial Christian idea from a from the perspective of someone who's entering Christianity, not from the perspective of someone who's learned it in the in the theology of of the religion. But someone who's just trying to tr- grapple with the with the main big ideas of the of the religion and screw tape letters, as far as I understand it, I think it's the devil, uh, the devil's nephew that is writing some letters to 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 mm. someone trying to explain kind of because there's I think it's the devil who's writing down about his nephew actually and his nephew's trying to to leave hell or trying to to become more than 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 the people in hell and. And you see kind of the perspective of values and how to live, but from the flip side. You know, the devil saying, this guy's being generous. We can't allow this. This guy is, is, is trying to seek his own independence. We can't allow this. This goes against our, our moral code. So you kind of it, it, kind of research those values, but 
with a kind of opposite face of it. And I think it's it's a really good work. I haven't read it. I know a little bit about it, and I've, I've heard good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it basically what you said about C.S. Lewis, that anecdote, it really pours into the book. Because from what I know, yeah, it's written in the perspective of the devil, which I think is a very clever satire to begin with. And it's also like finding people, and they're trying to seduce them to basically hell, to leave what they believe to be the things that would bring them closer to God. And a very interesting take. So the book takes this perspective where they show regular people who are getting closer to God. And obviously they don't want that. But what's very interesting is they show very devout Christians as sometimes people who are getting further away from God through some of their dogmas. And that's very interesting how he takes a stance that to be a good Christian, it doesn't necessarily mean to be the good Christian in the modern sense. So it basically means if you follow the values and rules of the interpretations of the Bible, that is what will bring you closer to God. Not you take them as like almost dogmatic rules and use some of them while ignoring others for the sake of furthering your own religious agenda sometimes. And I think that was a very novel idea at the time, which a lot of people can resonate with, I think, art like nowadays, which is why I believe this book could be a great pathway for people to find faith again, even though, again, I have not read it. But I do believe that this is the gen- this tends to be the how do I say the feel of the book in okay. the modern day. Yeah, it's really interesting. And, and actually, I wanted to to ask Javi if if you feel comfortable. Of course, we know that you've been undergoing a bit of a spiritual or, or religious reawakening. And and yeah. if you wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that, I think it's it's very topical. Of course, yeah. Um, okay, so let me just get my my facts down so you guys know more or less the situation. I mean, so mm, my dad is um, is a funcionario. He works for the state, right? And because of that, he's had to move all over the place. And um, my Christian teachings were given to me in China, which uh, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, China doesn't allow the practicing of uh, Christianity. So we used to have to go to the Italian embassy, and my <clears throat> my Catechesis, I don't know how you say it in English. Yeah, like kind of the religious instruction for, for younger people. For doing the communion. Before your first communion, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So all of that was taught to me in uh, in Italian. I, I have this little joke with myself. Um, I don't. I, I, I used. I didn't used to understand God because he spoke to me in Italian and I don't know Italian. So that's why I didn't. That's why I wasn't close. <laughs> but no, I wasn't. I was never really attracted to it. And um, yeah, just moving about a bit more. I never. I wasn't I, like at all attracted to it. I I actually got to quite a, an opposite extreme. No, I, I I used to be an existentialist, quite quite a heavy existentialist. Um, I remember having conversation with uh, these two in a uh, Tiemontaitos, which is a local bar here in Spain, uh, just arguing about just life and reasoning and just the why of everything. But recently, um, I I came into in, into contact with uh with the church because there's a there's a girl that sings in one of the choirs diego spoke about this uh recently on one of the podcasts in the spirituality one and i think it's a great way to enter a church if they have singing they have um that that's what attracted me you know the the choir is what attracted me initially to go to the to go to the churches and through a lot of conversation with this girl in particular and one of my flatmates, I came closer and closer. Then I started talking to a priest, the priest that gave the masses, which is he's a great, great man. And I don't know, just talking about what we're talking we're talking now, if people just follow the dogmas without thinking things through, you start to form this um 
this relationship with God, which is based on fear more than love. And that's not what that's not what the whole premise of Christianity is about. You're just practicing mindlessly without just taking into account where you're supposed to be. I don't know, just living. No, he says, don't 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 miss church. If uh, don't don't go to church because it's a mortal sin. It's a mortal sin not going to church. Go to church because you want to go to church and you want to feel closer to God. Don't have don't have the opposite relationship to what he wants you to have. Don't be afraid. Just take him into your arms. I don't know. I found it's a pretty nice way and nice segue to uh, bring it back to the book. Just the way people um, react, uh, interact with God shouldn't be based on fear, based on just being scared to go to hell. You know, it's it's the whole thing is the opposite way to look at it. You should do these things to be closer to God, to be a better person and just live a more Christian life. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's I'm I'm glad you're kind of exploring these things. It's it's so interesting to kind of see that that change in you. Uh, you know, it's it's been it's been a pretty fast change as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting. I think you're of course you're not following anything blindly. It doesn't seem like that. You don't seem like the kind of person who follows things blindly. You really question things and and I think that's for like the the chosen people, Israel. Israel means to struggle with God. Why did God choose like, like, why did he choose them? They were the, they were flawed. I mean, if you read the Old Testament, these, these group of, like, they were murderers, mm. like, adulterers. They, they were committing a ton <laughs> of sin, but but they were chosen. And, and they were trying to improve, and they were trying to question, and they were trying to move forward. And it takes time. It takes a lot of discussion, a lot of effort. I'm glad you're surrounded by a, by a supportive community and people who have, you know, access to, to, to good information and, and good values. Because man, like religion can be taught in in like really bad ways. It can push people away, and Absolutely. and it can end up being more of a burden than than something that that truly enlightens you. So you know, man, I'm I'm just really glad that this this is going on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That must have been a really good choir as well. Oh yeah, dude, <laughs> it's amazing. Honestly, uh, the the girl that I, I that I, w- I went to listen to. Uh, I asked her out, and we've been we've been dating for a few months now, and I'm very happy about that. So no, it's a great choir. The people in it are awesome. We have uh, big lunches, even though you're not supposed to have them. Uh, big lunches afterwards, after after choir, we get together. I mean, I don't sing; they sing, because if I sang, windows would be shattered, and I don't want to pay for that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, those beautiful tinted windows, man. That's that's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Singing is not for me. But no, it's a it's a great community. I, apart from their voices, people are genuine. I don't know. We can talk about being a fake Christian. I don't know if you guys want to dive into that, but I find there's a lot of fake Christians, especially in my university. My university, I think the listeners should know, is a is a university run by the Opus Dei organization, which is a form of Christianity. It's a it's a, it's, a, it's like a different branch. Let's say the Christianity, Catholic Christianity, is a tree. Well, one of the branches that stems off it is a is the Opus Dei. Another one can be the Jesuits. Uh, yeah, just all yeah. Every branch has their own beliefs, their own way of thinking and looking at things. Well, um, I find that a lot of young people just go to church for i wouldn't say attention but just just to, just to form part of the community this is going back to what we were saying before just mindless practicing i don't think that's that's the way to do it people should be very conscious about what they're doing uh people uh, i know <laughs> i had this conversation with one girl who told me she she lost um i think it was 500 euros in cash because she just took it out of the bank and i asked her dude why did you lose it and she just told me oh it's god's will or something no, no, it's it's not God. It's it's your carelessness. Just no, uh, I don't know. 
I think it's a bad example, but the, what, what I'm trying to get to, a lot of people practice just for, to be preachy, to have the social status of, of practicing. I think practicing and the whole spiritual aspect of it comes through mindfulness. You know, you have to be very conscious about what you're doing and what you're saying and what you're practicing, what you're getting into. But yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Of course, man, kind of judging at least with my very limited information, what is what is a good Christian and and a bad Christian? That's not easy. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of what I like to call them. I think it's it's a normal term, the cafeteria Christians, that mm. you do it more for the social reward, more for the social status, exactly, than than for the actual you know acceptance and uh, and humility of, of your own vulnerability, your own flaws, and trying to improve and improving yourself first, and then improving your community. Um, you know, when when Jesus uh, comes uh, to the world for the first time in the New Testament. He comes to denounce a lot of the old Jewish kind of scribes and Pharisees and the religious scholars because he he had kind of evaluated that people had gone strayed really far from the word and they were starting to do it for their own personal gain and their own kind of pseudo moralistic stances to put themselves above other people. And I mean, that can happen with religion, with politics, with uh, philosophy, with values that can happen with a ton of things. And, and I think one of the good things about, about Christianity is that you need to accept that, be humble enough to accept the fact that you're flawed and you're trying to improve and, and you're not trying to put yourself above other people. And man, you just got to start, you know, taking those really hard decisions and, and putting the effort into to change. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. It's very interesting what you mentioned about how these young people are, who are say, using religion, because I never knew that was a thing that was happening. But it's definitely a thing to look out for in the future. yeah. Uh, and moving on, I think now we can finally discuss our three picks. The picks we've oh, thought would be straight hard important enough to yeah, talk yeah. about. Okay. But how about we start with Javi, you go on. What movie do you feel like impacted you the most and why? So the movie, um, it's the second one on the list, which is animated. Uh, I don't know. It, it might be really cheesy, but um, it just really had a big impact on me when I first watched it. It's... Um, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's uh, the 2018, I believe, animated movie that won Best Picture. And uh, it's it's an incredible movie. I don't know if you guys have watched it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great movie, wonderful soundtrack. Yeah, mm. all the soundtracks. I, I think every single aspect of the movie, just the care it's been made with, the, the way that the characters develop within the movie, the animation style, just going back to whole comic, it's just... Um, aesthetic, um, the dialogue, the the inter-narratives, the, the colors, just everything about the movie just screams just care and just effort. And it's, I, I don't know, it, it had a big impact on me. But the main reason it had a big impact on me, and this is the reason we're talking about this whole thing, just come back to topic, um, is I found it very inspirational in the sense that it's just a random guy who got bitten, who just who just ends up saving the day. You know, it just goes back to the whole Spider-Man thing that anybody can be Spider-Man. Anybody can put the first step into becoming a better person. And I completely and truly agree with that. You know, everybody can just start off. doesn't matter where you're starting off, but you can just put in the effort, just put in the work and just slowly and surely become a great person. You don't have to do, you don't have to save 
everybody all the time and that, that's that's something the character struggles with you know you can't save everybody all the time in that in that sense we have to relate it to we can't do everything we want all the time i can't be a, a professional football player while also studying a math and, and physics degree or whatever i'm just putting uh, just some examples you have to take things step by step and i don't know I found it very inspirational. Yeah, I think it is uh, that it's almost an archetypical underdog story, which I believe are the best ones. We all love an underdog story mm-hmm. with, again, a new flavor, uh, beautiful looks, stylized to appeal to our generation, which is, I think, why it has that similar appeal to something like Harry Potter with novel ideas, which are very helpful. Like you said, you can't save everybody. Sometimes you've got to focus on doing one thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's great, which is why I think this entry was unique, was interesting and definitely worth talking about it yeah yeah but like agreed 100 it's, it's a movie that i recommend 100 percent. when i went and what to go and watch it I had no expectations and apart from the fact that i i was intrigued by the animation style i thought it was just masterful i hadn't seen anything like that in in years uh it's a little bit like the borderlands aesthetic no in in, in a way yes yeah, cell shaded yeah, yeah cell, which i like a lot if it's done well it's done really well and I think they just nailed it. And and yeah, like Javi, it's it's good to have you here. You're like, I, I like your your insight and your opinion on a lot of things. I think it's very valuable. All right, Diego, how about you? How about you tell us what your most impactful movie was then? Yeah, in terms of movies, I mean, there's a ton. It's really hard for me to nail down one, but I wanted to mention one that I've that I recently watched and it's impacted me quite a bit. And that's the Gladiator movie. I only watched it recently for the first time. I know I'm really late to the party, but I was I wanted something gladiator-like. I wanted something that, I don't know, I saw someone fighting and then kind of engaging with that kind of more core aspect of our humanity and, and the values that come along with that. And it was really interesting because it's about kind of the story of, of Rome, uh, like right after Marcus Aurelius. And and it's it's interesting how the how the empire is degenerating, how the empire is falling apart, and there's this one dude who's the leader of the kind of Roman legion in the north of Europe, and he's from Spain, big G, <laughs> big man from Trujillo, Spain, representing. Uh, he you know he sticks to his word, he sticks to his values, he sticks to his guns. He you know they well I don't I don't want to necessarily spoil anything, but. You know, they, they go hard against him for sticking to his values and sticking to his guns and, and trying to fight for the old Rome, for the traditional values. And and that is something that I see, you know, in today's society where we are losing so much of what, what our traditions are, uh, what made us great in the first place. And, you know, we, we live under so much luxury and comfort that that it's easy to forget what got us here in the first place. And and being being more humble and having a little more gratitude for those things and fighting for those things. Uh, I think is very very valuable and and a lesson that really resonated with me. Hmm. Yeah, I find it's an, it's another underdog story, you know, like like we've talked about. And it's great. No, it, it links back into a lot of a lot of things that are missing these days. I find, I don't know, basically what Arsh said about my movie as well just li- links into a lot of the modern day critiques of society and where is it going and the leaders are misguided by their own judgment. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Arsh, you wanna you wanna head uh, with yours? Um, yeah, my was my pick was less about the movie itself. 
it is a great movie, and I'll tell you why and which. And I, my submission was Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> okay, it okay. is also a placeholder for the whole Marvel saga. And I'm not saying that these movies are deep intellectual masterpieces. That's not why they have impacted my life. They are, in recent time, I think, the movies that have built the most community, I think. They mm-hmm. have, A, I think, brain, like, a nerd culture, everything we're talking about right now, into the mainstream. It helps with that, because I feel like this podcast, if you've made in the 90s, no one would listen. Mm-hmm. No one cares about movies, no one cares about games, no one cares about maybe even reading. But, A, I think that's helped tremendously with that. B, it has, in my experience, has been what has brought a lot of my friends and a lot of people who weren't as close closer together. I remember watching this movie, and I remember fondly that there was around 30 people from our school at the same time to watch that movie. Like, that barely happens. That happens maybe with parties and the graduation. You would never think that Avengers Infinity War would have that same gravity <laughs> to it. Hmm. But through that, you can make conversation with people you've never talked with. It's it's just what I think nails the core aspects of these media, which makes them resonant to everyone, is the fact that they are resonant to everyone, that they can build community like that. And that's what astounds me. And that's why I think this movie, despite it's, it's a great movie, first of all, it is definitely one of the best of the Marvel saga, mm-hmm. but deep intellectual masterpiece, as I said. But it does more than that. It's fun. It's entertaining. It shows people a good time to escape. And it allows people to have so much to talk to just because of how widely like, its appeal reaches. Yeah, 100%. It's a little bit going back to the, kind of the, the entries we received on, on Instagram that we, we thought we were going to see this theme, this relationship building, this community creation. And it's definitely one of the reasons why, why these mediums are, are so important to get into. Uh, it's that that is that is such a core part of of humanity that man I just I'm glad I remember that that time in the, in the cinema very fondly it was it was a good night but yeah and so moving on that would be our movies let's go That's on movies. to That's good. That's games good. for example how about we start with you this time Diego what game yeah. do you believe has had a recent impact on your life well, I, I, I'm a video game fanatic. I've played tons and tons and tons of games. The Bioshocks are, are deep in philosophy and 100% recommended uh, if you're looking for something kind of profound. But recently, I've actually been playing Borderlands, the first Borderlands, with my girlfriend. And it's been, it's been an interesting experience. It's been good to see her kind of get into that world because, um, you know, it's it's a part of, it's one of my kind of leisure activities that I really enjoy and having her along for the ride is something that, that's that been very interesting. And it's, it's fun to see her kind of upgrade from, you know, learning how to use an SMG to learning how to use a sniper properly. It's it's good. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and, and not only that, it's, it's, a, it's been a great bonding experience. Again, going back to the community building and, and all of that. And it's helped us kind of, uh, you know, have have something that we can share and, and do together, especially right now when, you know, if, if you want to travel or, or do other activities together, it's a little complicated, it's a little more restricted. And and then we would end up, you know, just kind of sitting down in, in the sofa and, and being like, well, what like what do we do now? And, and we just kind of waste time and just doodle around. I mean, maybe playing a video game is also wasting time, but at least you're progressing towards something, you're bonding, you're laughing, you're kind of seeing all of these characters and the story is so fun and bombastic and, and crazy. And you feel part of the story. That's what I love about video games so much that you're an integral part of the story. You have actual influence over the world. And well, that's that's just been huge 
<laughs> and if you want to play with your boyfriends, girlfriends out there, Borderlands, a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely true. Because, you know, it's a community only needs to be two people. So whatever bonding experience comes from Borderlands, I think. Also, it's a good recommendation for any couples who want to get into video games, I think. It is not an easy play for someone who's never played, but you will yeah. get the hang of it quickly. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, if you want a good starting place, I think something like Rayman, which is similar to Mario. It's a platformer. I think it's a great, great place to start. It's very light themed. Then um, Rayman Legends is the one I've played. It's uh, It's got these end finishing levels with, uh, with music and every single movement is synced up to the music and it's insane. I, I really enjoy that. Ho- I hope fo- hopefully I can play with my, with my partner someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a good experience. I mean, of course, you want to like keep track of the time you know something to spend you know it's very addictive it's a very addictive medium i don't think any of us can deny it (laughs) (laughs) no all right so how about all right uh, i want to hear yours now so mine is um is a game that a lot of people have played i think it's quite an old game i think it was 2015 it's the witcher 3 well, the, the whole of The Witcher 3 with the, all the expansions. I actually got that game for seven euros, which I think is an absolute steal. It's uh, it's an amazing game. One of my one of my friends from Brussels recommended it to me. Didn't think about it too much after after uh, until several several years later when I actually got into. It. Actually, it was during quarantine when I played the whole thing through from start to finish. I don't know. Just uh, why did uh, why did it affect me? Why did it impact me? It's it's a uh, People say open world games, and they they mean they they can say a lot about open world games, but I've never found an open world game that is comparable to the experience that The Witcher gives you. There are side quests where essentially you're supposed to find a frying pan, which some, something as simple as stupid as that just gives the world so much richness. You find that the the, um, the mornings and the afternoons, the colors in the sky are insane. You can you can Play the game how you want. Different different styles. You can find different armors. There, there's there's so many people you can talk to and just develop yourself within the world. You can play more aggressive. You can play more as a as um as an um, as a wizard. You no, know, you can you can you can use your different spells or you can do you can you can play as a pyromaniac just lunging bombs everywhere. Uh, I don't know. I just found it to be great great fun. Plus, there's a whole politics side of it, which is which is also interesting to talk about. But exactly. I wanted to mention that basically, um, if you want to see if you would like The Witcher, the question you have to ask yourself is, do you enjoy Game of Thrones? That yeah, is basically absolutely, it. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of uh, nudity in that game as well. Yeah. <laughs> but The Witcher Three is much better than Game of Thrones. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones is it's trash, much better than Game of Thrones. But uh, I don't know. I feel like season six was on point. But yeah, <laughs> everyone you know, does. I, I I couldn't get through like the second or third season. I just thought the writing was bad. Of the third, oof, unpopular opinion right there. Yeah, maybe, gonna... but I just thought the writing and the character development was just meh. I just started like, you know, killing off people for the for the cliffhangers. And I was like, you know what, this, this is a little cheap. I'm gonna I go thought, play The Witcher. Person, my personal opinion. My personal opinion. But The Witcher, masterpiece, eh? Masterpiece. I Have would you spend. Played? I think yeah, so. Yeah, we've all played. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would just spend hours and hours just like on a little sailing boat and just looking yeah. at the sky and, and the water yeah, and the absolutely. reflection of the sky. It was just. And then with the with the DLC, when you go to Toussaint, it's uh, this this place based in France where the colors are super saturated. That is beautiful. And you have the it's it's brilliant. It's it's satire essentially on what the uh, what people think um, 
the medieval times were with the whole the noblemen and the, the the knights just defending someone's honor it's just hilarious the comments i don't know i, I found and it the beauty fun. of the game sorry and the beauty of the game is that in quarantine when simple things like you said sailing you can't do it oh, yeah. well it's the next best thing <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah 100 percent. arsh you wanna you wanna head with yours uh, yeah, my pick, again, I went fairly literal in the sense of how it impacted my life. I put Pokemon, specifically Pokemon Pearl. Uh, first of all, I think Pokemon has genuinely changed many people's life. First of all, yeah. I, it, surprisingly, it is the top grossing entertainment franchise in history. No way. Oh, wow. It really? is the top grossing. Yeah. I thought that was Harry Potter. Uh, we're talking movies, we're talking games, we're talking books. No, 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 none of that. It is bigger than Star Wars, technically. Wow. So if you want to talk community building, I think no one will bring people closer together than Pokemon. Absolutely. I think for similar reasons, as we mentioned from Naruto, it came at a time where we were all impressionable and it was very long lasting. In fact, it's still going. It seems like it will never end. But the specific reason I picked Pokemon, the game, despite it being an amazing game, first of all, is that um, it, I played it at the time when I first moved to Spain without being able to speak a word of Spanish, and I really wanted to play the game. And I bought it in the store, and the issue was that it only came in Spanish. So mm. it really forced me to learn like certain words, the way people speak, and nuances and phrases of the language just in order to progress in the game. It's the only way I can actually finish it, if I actually knew what they were talking about. And I think that really helped me, A, find more reasons to want to learn to speak the language. And B, it taught me a lot of vocabulary, which otherwise I wouldn't be able to. I got paid when I was like 11, 10. And people are still surprised, because my Spanish isn't the best. But there are certain words that, that when I say them, they're like, how do, you, how do you know that word? It's so specific. And I'm like, yes, it's a Pokemon move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my entry. And I think this comes down to the final point, and hopefully one of the more deeper ones is the book that has impacted your life the most. Javi, why don't you start us off? All right. Um, I had to really think this through because during the school year, I'm not a big reader, but I read a book during Christmas. It's called uh, Running for My Life by Lopez Lomong. I don't know if it's pronounced like the, uh, the surname in Spain. I really doubt it. But it's about... Um, this kid who gets kidnapped from church and is taken to a child soldier labor camp and he manages to escape from that and he goes to this this refugee center in kenya and just builds his whole life around running essentially he i think that the name I, i'm not i'm not i'm not really sure but uh, the name lopez um in his camp meant quick or just fast or speedy i don't know it's the nickname like people used to give him or whatever and just really stuck by him it's a story about overcoming just a lot of different things and i, I don't want to do it's, it's it's basically an autobiography i don't want to do a too big of a spoiler but he moves to america and um he he gets into the uh the olympic team for 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 track which is insane, and it's it's nice to to, to hear a story about how, how an uh, an African man, knowing no word of English, can live out the American dream just like anybody else can. And I thought it was really inspirational, and it goes a lot about into different themes, and it also talks about Christianity because the the um, one of the main reasons he he says he ran was just for himself and a way to connect with god and just uh self-improvement i don't know i found it's an amazing read not really as philosophical as what these two are going to say but i i found it was a very very entertaining very inspirational just 
a really, really, really good read. I am. Can I just say I am surprised by how much of what we consider to be some of our favorite pieces of work rely on the underdog story, and I think that's great. I think that speaks to our character. Yeah. It shows that we like we want to do more, and everyone resonates with similar books. They also want to do more, and I think that's a great thing. Is the reason these stories exist. I just thought that was an interesting point. I wanted to fact out. You're absolutely right. I hadn't thought about it that way. But yeah, my movie, my video game, and my my book are all about underdogs. Wow. No, you're right. You're right. All right. Yeah. yeah you want to give us a uh, shout out yours? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, again, this is not like my top book. That would be really hard for me to choose. But a book lately that that I thought was was really interesting and kind of really showed me. Kind of the depth of a topic that I've always wanted to explore more um, is a book called Christmas Eve 1914. Uh, I heard it on Audible, so it's kind of an Audible production. So it has kind of sound effects and and you're kind of there in the midst of it. it and it has a bunch of narrators and each one has their own character. So if it, it's like a little movie inside your ears. It's 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 really really good book and it's about the First World War and and it starts out with with you know that that first Christmas Eve. Uh, after the First World War, and just the sheer brutality and uh, and tragedy of, of the trench warfare. You know, like warfare was really, really just rough back then in 1914. And, and man, they, they, there were like rats everywhere, diseases everywhere, just rotting corpses everywhere. And and it's always been interesting to me to to get to know that that aspect of, of our history and, and, and of our current situation. You know, war is war is it's it's been with us for a very long time and it's going to be with us for forever uh um even though we're living in, in a relatively peaceful time right now it's it's important to to understand that you know many of these people like back then the draft was was mandatory and and nowadays you know a lot of military families risk everything risk risk absolutely everything to to keep us kind of safe in these in these little bubbles of luxury and comfort that we live in. So, so I've always found it important and, and a moral duty and civil duty to understand and, and the history of war and the history of, of suffering and, and these historical events. So it's really interesting because it's the story of kind of the English uh, soldiers and the German soldiers in 1914, that first uh, Christmas Eve. And, and you know, the, the, the English are planning uh, to surprise attack the Germans during that Christmas Eve because they had a negotiated stalemate during Christmas Eve, so everybody could, you know, have a little bit of uh, a Christmas dinner and, and, and enjoy uh, in those circumstances, of course. But then there's this, there's one of the soldiers who's going out on this uh, to attack them in kind of this surprise attack, and and he's pinned down. Like, the, the Germans realize that he's coming and he's pinned down because they're doing kind of like a scouting mission before they attack. And the kid uh, used to be in a choir. And and he he was really young I don't know 16 years old maybe and he starts singing uh, I can't remember one of the German uh, Christmas songs uh, one of the, one of the German Christmas songs one of like the the original ones like one of the beautiful ones and he starts singing it and then suddenly the the shooting stops kind of everybody freezes and the and the Germans respond they start singing as well oh god and. And, and then they, they, they kind of come together in no man's land in the middle of the, of the battlefield. And they start talking to each other and, and kind of the broken English and broken German that, that they were speaking. 
and and they said, look, I, I don't care if there's like a like a surprise attack today given to us by our commanders who are back there in London having their tea and 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 feasting with their families. Let's let's take this day off. Let's enjoy. Let's eat together. Let's smoke together. Let's play football together. They actually organized a soccer match, a football match there in the middle of no man's land with like uh, I don't know where the hell they got a ball, but and and it's you know it's it's kind of an ode to joy, an ode to hope. And and to to community and connection in the middle of the worst, absolutely worst imaginable circumstances. So I really recommend it. Um, you should get it. Like the Audible performance is really good. I don't know if it's a. I don't think it's a book actually. I think the the only way to get it is on Audible. But really, really recommendable. I think what you, it's basically the clearest proof of the pinnacle of human morality. I think that is as good as people can get. It's proof of that. So yeah. it's a chilling story, honestly. It's heartwarming in every way. Mm. So mm. I think that's definitely a great pick. I was just going to finish us off. Oh yeah, if you want to mention anything. Now before moving to Arsh's uh, on to Arsh's pick, um, I was just going to say I I never thought of uh, these audible productions, but now that you mention them, it's it's impressive what you can do. Like the the extent of I'm assuming that when the kids sang, there was some dude singing, so you could actually listen to. Uh, and I'm assuming yeah. the the gunfire just stopped. It's it's like a production, right? Like a theater. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah, not just pointing that out. Just I don't know. Maybe maybe one of the listeners is. It definitely piqued my interest. I'm I'm gonna look into it, but maybe you pique somebody else just to check it out. But yeah, Arsh, what's your what's your pick? Um, my pick was uh, a recent book as well I read. It was Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, uh, an old book. It's written by, I think, what's known as the last of the five good Roman emperors. So yeah, when I say old, I mean old. <laughs> and it's funny, it, it, this was a Roman emperor. His name was uh, Marcus Aurelius. And the book has nothing to do with any of that. It is as if it was written by someone just sitting on their lawn without a worry in their like, life. It's a book about learning how to control yourself first in order to better the world. Uh, he was one of the people who, I think, spread the word of Stoicism through his influence as well. And it is basically a collection of his own journals and novels in which he just writes down his mind and hopes one day to spread it. And I think for anyone interested in Stoicism, I feel it was, it's a great tool, which I think we're going to be talking a lot about a lot more in this podcast. I think Diego has talked about in his YouTube videos. It is a great tool to liberate yourself through, reali through realizing the only person putting you in shackles is yourself. And I think one of the biggest takeaway quotes from that book is one that resonated very deeply with me, which is, you have the power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. It's as simple as that. You can sum up the entire philosophy with that phrase. And I think it's really good for, again, people who are anxious, for example, who care about other people's opinions or are scared of external events, when you have to realize they will happen. So what you have to focus on your events, what the things that work in your mind and what you do with your body. Mm -hmm. And because of that book, it led me down the rabbit hole of Stoicism. From then on, I moved straight on to Letters from a Stoic by Seneca and then straight on to the Enchiridion by Epictetus. And I feel that it's been great for me exploring this branch, branch of philosophy because I can definitely see myself exploring way more now. Search for knowledge and search for seeing who's right and what works best for me. So that's why in the recent in recent times, this book has impacted me very much. Yeah. Yeah, man, like the, it's it's um, fascinating philosophy. Um, mm. It's yeah, I think everybody should should give it a shot. I think it really applies 
nowadays. You know, these timeless ideas, they're still here with us and we're still reading these books because they resonate, they work, mm -hmm. things make sense. We can still extract value and teachings from them. So it's definitely, you know, the stoic books, the ones you mentioned are definitely ones that I've, I briefly read, like skimmed and, and, and read some parts, but I, I really want to, to get deeper into. Mm -hmm. No, and I think... Um... Uh, I'm like you. I haven't really gotten into gotten into any of uh, the stoic books. I've heard about it in some classes, but uh, I don't I don't know what the uh, I don't know the depths of the whole thing. But I think the 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 summary the the phrase that Arsh mentioned is very relatable in every situation. Like no matter your belief system, no matter what you think, just you're you're the owner of how you react, you know, you, of, of your feelings and your emotions and your thoughts. Like external, external events are bound to happen in spite of whatever you do. So it's, it's a lot about how you face them. Um, I think it's, it's very... That's oh, totally using? right. That's totally yeah. right. And what yeah. also blows my mind is how timeless the message is. How this book felt like it was written by someone maybe 20 years ago and it can be applied to almost any situation. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah 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 that's that's absolute beauty of it i mean and and kind of wrapping wrapping this up i just wanted to you know give a thank you to to the people who who sent in uh you know their recommendations with the books and movies and games that have impacted them you know you can always do that leave us a dm on at apex of man on instagram you can leave us a voice message on our anchor.fm website that's really cool we can actually have you live uh, here and, and Javier, man, just thank you for coming. You're invited anytime. There has been absolutely wonderful, fantastic experience. Your thank insight you, is, you. has been, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed the hell out of this podcast. Thank you for having me. It was a great, great time. I think we went a little bit over time. But uh, yeah, no, just thank you truly. It was, a, it was a great experience to both of you. It's just a sign of a good conversation, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah guys, let's, hope, let's hope to see each other soon. At least I know I'm, I'm seeing Javi pretty soon. Arsh, you need to come back. Yeah, man. You're, you're <laughs> missed you know. around here. Yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you, man. Uh, it's, it's been absolutely fantastic. Arsh, you want to sign us off? Yeah, and we'll see rest, the rest of you for the next episode of the podcast. It's been great. See you, everyone. <laughs>